seen a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. How, how can you judge on a video nasty? Oh, have you never seen one? I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film. Hello there, and welcome to the Video Nasties podcast. My name is Chris Brown. To start, let's start discussing Nightmare on a Damaged Brain by talking about one man. Now, not the director, Romano Scavellini, nor the actor, Bird Stafford, who plays our poor and rather unfortunate killer. Not even special effects legend Tom Savini, who was so enraged with the way it was marketed with his name on, he went to court to get it removed from the, from the film and says he had nothing to do with it apart from a supervisory role, saying they're not his effects. Now, our story must start with a different man, one who wasn't involved with the making of the film, in truth, and that man is softcore porn distributor David Hamilton Grant. The following preview trailer is not suitable for viewing by persons of a nervous disposition. Switch off your television set immediately, unless you are prepared to be really terrified. Nightmares in a damaged brain. Prepare yourself for the most intensely shocking motion picture of our time. The motion picture everyone is talking about. Hello? Hello, Steve? Nightmares in a damaged brain. Kathy? It's only a dream, and dreams can't hurt you. Are you there, George? Daddy! George, don't hang up! Where do you go? There's no place to hide. Nightmares in a Damaged Brain. Grant is a major player in our Video Nasty story. He formed the video label Video 2000, which was notorious in its releases. He became a target during the furore, 
I was sent to prison on the 3rd of February 1984. Graham was imprisoned for distributing this video nasty, Nightmares and a Damaged Brain, which was produced in 1981, on video. Graham was sentenced originally to 18 months, which was then reduced on the 23rd of September 84 to 12 months, for being in possession of over 200 copies of an obscene article for publication for gain. It was Section 2 of the Cena Publications Act, and Grant served for six months in prison. The thing about him is, he's not a particularly likeable person. And we're going to go into why in his story in a second, but he did become a kind of a coarser Libra, uh, despite the fact he was superbly grounded in sleaze. Originally a photographer, Grant first entered into the film world with something called Love Variations from 1969. It was a sex education film that was based on one of those marriage manuals, a pornographic leaflet, basically, that was designed to get through the uh, the rules of uh, the strict censorship rules about pornography at the time, mainly from uh, making it appear to be educational. This was a this film uh, was a, well the the publication would be published a year earlier for photographs that he'd done, and then he decided to kind of step up and make a, a pornographic movie from it as well. Grant uh, it was a success, and his Grant's sex film empire grew in the nineteen seventies. He opened a number of adult cinemas, which distributed like foreign sex films through his Apedian company, and produced his own British sex comedies, such as Girls Come First, The Office Party, and Under the Bed. They were filmed with also hardcore versions, which were designed for the overseas market. Grant liked to refer to himself in his rather egotistical way, as the king of porn or the king of sexploitation. But those that worked for him had a very different name for him, mainly through to his uh, beard and rather diminutive stature. Grant was described as the poisoned dwarf or the gnome. He was a massive egotist, as could be shown by the fact he gave himself Hitchcockian cameos in his own movies, as well as personally supervising the hardcore scenes of his films. Again, rather sleazy manner. As well as his sex films, Grant also produced X-rated cartoons, such as Cinderella from 1972, that's spelled with an S, which ends with the ugly sisters getting gang-raped by the free bears. Despite being defended by legendary human rights lawyer Jeffrey Robertson, he was in prison for six months. And after Grant's imprisonment, World of Video 2000 and his parent company, April Electronics, were placed into liquidation. When he left jail, he moved to Cyprus and was resident there throughout for the majority of the 1980s. He left the island under a dark cloud, though, in 88, when he was deported after assaulting a love rival with a spade. Then around the same time, the Sun newspaper alleged that Grant had been a drug dealer and also corrupted thousands of children during his time in Cyprus. That's their words, not mine. Nothing was substantiated, but his card was marked. To this day, his name is linked to conspiracy theories, which I can't mention here due to libel laws. And he dies in mysterious circumstances in early 1990s, 
And it was it is rumoured to this day that in fact he was killed by a contract killing. Grant was ultimately a dislikable man. Nevertheless, he was cha- his life was changed and damaged beyond repair by the video nasties for all. There's an element of him that brought it on himself. He distributed films in the 70s that would not be perceived as legal, including Last House on the Left in 1972. 74, sorry. And it's probably his love for theatrical and his own egotism that brought him to the attention of the police. He sold nightmares in a damaged brain with gimmicks, including providing a vomit bag with the video and a competition to guess the weight of the brain in a jar. Nightmare, which was um, its name, its title in the US, was renamed by Great Nightmare. Grant Nightmares in a Damaged Brain. It's a nineteen eighty one slasher film directed by Romano Scavalloni. Its release was um, the story is basically that there's a man called George Tatum who was released prematurely from a northeastern mental hospital. Tatum was played by Bird Stafford. He journeys back down to his home in Florida. And along the way, he is recurring nightmares of a violent incident from his childhood, which forces him to kill again. Doctors don't actually link his own illness with the, uh, with the psychotic episodes. They, don't, they think the nightmares are fictional and, uh, and you know, uh, not, not real. But in actual fact, they were. And they believe that he's, they've cured his psychosis through medication. And that he's no longer haunted by these nightmares. But they haven't really got a clue what's actually happening 
George proceeds to stalk and torment a family in their home, scaring Susan, her new boyfriend, and her children, including the troubled CJ. He's kind of a Walter Mitty kind of character who fantasises, lies, and torments everybody who comes near him. The first time we see CJ, he pretends he's been stabbed and manages to to persuade his entire, entire family that it's the truth. Various people are killed on and off screen. And at the end, we finally find out why all this is happening. The film is wonderfully sleazy and deeply troubling. It revels, in fact, in its grimness. Tatum goes, for example, early doors to a red light district with all that entails. And... It, the, our director managed to make sure that it doesn't seem to be sexy. And in fact, it ends with him fitting, which sparks a psychosis again, troubled by the, the sexualization around him and also his memories of violence from his childhood. He is a pawn for his doctors to prove the skills. And nobody can really help George And it's a tragedy that it's other people's vanity that become a catalyst for him to kill and kill again. Writer and director Scarvoni is best known for this film and truth, although he did also direct the Jalo, a white dress for a marine, and also, which is also known in the UK as Spirits of Death. Our actor, Bird Stafford, who does a fantastic job in terms of creating the, uh, the grimness of our character and showing exactly the pain that, that's going through him. He's such a, a troubled man, you know, he desperately tries to get 
kids away from him because he knows he's not in control of his own actions. But uh, Bird actually only appeared in this and also Dog Tags, which was uh, another film that was created by our director. Last week I was able to do um, a, you know, the story of the making of the film and kind of build up a lot into it. There's only one real story of note in, in the making of this film and it's between it's a battle basically between Tom Savini and Romano Scavalloni. Scavalloni insists to this day that the effects were designed and created by Savini. Savini obviously best known for films like Dawn of the Dead. And is well is acting these days in truth. But at the time he was he was a, re- a renowned horror uh, special effects and actually a reason for people to go to the cinema. He um, he did the effects for Maniac as well, which was a similar kind of time. So he was making low budget, quite grim horror films. Um, Savini denies having any official involvement. And uh, to this day, Nightmare is still listed on Scavalloni's website with the credit special effects director Tom Savini. Now, apparently Savini was involved as a consultant, and there are pictures of him on set. Savini says he wasn't actually involved to any great extent, and they were only using his name to sell tickets. He says the effects were made by a man called Lester Lorraine, who killed himself shortly after filming. When the film was first released, the poster had included Savini's name, an obvious attempt to appeal to slasher fans, which had forced uh, Savini to uh, threaten legal action. His name was later covered up for future promotional material and removed from the credit. I was just a consultant and nothing more, insists Savini to the website retroslashes.com. And it's just, you know, this was mentioned back in 2007, that quote, so it's still kind of long going. Um, there are he dismisses images of him on set basically and just says it was this consultancy role and that I think a lot of this comes from the fact that there's a lot of prosthetic effects um, which some are good some are bad um, but you know there are repeated like knife wounds and stab wounds to, to dummies and stuff like that and I think that's possibly where he says that it wasn't him that did it Um that's you know, but the effects are generally quite strong. There's a, a, a great decapitation scene, with uh, which uh, you know is 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 very good and um, very old school. And it does feel like a Savini effect. So you can you can see it's where it's t- no matter what what either party says, you can see where the touches are between them. Um, and also, there's you know, I think the reason why it was seen as being quite so. Um, quite so grim and also quite you know quite you know a nasty as it were is because of these close-ups of repeated blows particularly you know puncture wounds to bodies and stuff like that um it kind of gives it that grim tone and sleazy feel and it puts it right into nasty's territory um personally i see sites like the um the red light district stuff reminds me of um, you know the New York slasher kind of New York Ripper f- film, the uh, Lucia Fulci, and then the the, the stab wounds are, are, are you know and the and those kind of elements of violence are far far stronger than what you'd normally see, even in say like you know Friday the Friday the Thirteenth and whatnot. 
also as well, um, I think, you know, George is such a, a broken character and, and so deeply troubled by what's happening to him. You know, the first time we see him is a close-up of his face just screaming and screaming because of the nightmares he has. So in that sense, I think that it's it's true that, you know, it, it, it is one of the ones that really does feel like a nasty. So Pedium released a cut version of the video in uh, May 1982. That was um, through the Video 2000 uh, label. This version is said to be more complete than the cinema release. And it had about one minute of material restored to it. That video was banned as a nasty in July 1983. And the video remained on the list throughout the panic. Because of, you know, the arrest, basically. Um, so it became one of the collectible DPP-39s. Um, I think the, th the thing about, you know, our man uh, Grant's arrest... Was you know it was a full year, it was it, it it was they didn't just seize the videos and then say oh these are obscene you know it, it it'd been listed before he got arrested so I think in that sense it was you know it was clear that he was he was he was asking for trouble. Um, the cut R rated version which has, reduces the number of things like the number of blows it's got about ten seconds cut out of it in comparison to the uh, the uncut version was released was being released now these days without cuts. And is available on various different um, DVDs, uh, International Trade and Screen Entertainment, 2007. Like a did a release in 2005, and um, and there was a version that was released actually on VHS in 2002. So its current UK status has passed as 18 in a cut version. That said, if you'd like to see it in its unexpunged glory, basically see more puncture wounds from from the hammer attacks and whatnot. You can see it in the uh, uncut MPPA, MPAA, unrated version, Code Red, which is its 30th anniversary edition. Um, that's certainly the version to go for. It's uh, it's better framed and it's actually been given quite a nice uh, feel to it. You can purchase that for as, as and it's titled as the US version Nightmare. So, you know, is it a good film? Well, I mean, you know, we have these kind of conversations about quality and whatnot. It's certainly... Uh, it has a very grim tone, and it, it, it's it's very thoughtful in terms of what it tries to do. It's very pointed in in, in its skill set. Um, some of the effects are still great. Some of them aren't, aren't as good, but um, there's certainly something there that uh, has a grim hold. I would say on on on, on the people who who watch it. for the most intensely shocking motion picture of our time. Nightmare, the motion picture everyone is talking about. Hello? Hello, Steve? Special effects director Tom Savini. Now comes Nightmare. Kathy? 
darkness around you. Pray you survive the night. Nightmare. Scream, but no one can help you. Listen to me, George. It's only a dream, and dreams can't hurt you. Are you there, George? Daddy! George, don't hang up! Where do you go? There's no place to hide. Okay, thanks to everybody who's been in contact with me again. Um, I've been asked questions about what the background music is. Um, it's uh, well, you can download it for free. It's uh, it's got a Creative Commons license. It is uh, the Ambient Collective when their album Dark. Um, so that's that's that. If you want to listen to it. Uh, obviously the other music is the start of the podcast is from the beginning of um, Driller Killer as well so just to answer those questions um, hopefully you like this episode it's a bit different in terms of the fact that I was trying to include more information about the UK and the times we were talking about obviously Hamilton Grants and stuff um, so hopefully you've enjoyed that Kind of helps when there's, there's you know the more interesting stuff is is the UK video nasty stuff rather than the making of the film. Um, if you're any if you're really interested in the times, kind of direct you to our introductory episode, which uh, goes far more into in depth about what happened uh, at the time with the video nasties for all. That's a half hour episode discussing that stuff. And also, um, you know, um, so we'll try and mix it up a little bit in terms of giving a bit more of history. And also a bit more about the films as well from now on. If you'd like to contact me and give any feedback, that would be great. My email address is videonastiespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, my, well, my Twitter is at orange underscore monkey. And my, um, my website is videonastiespodcast.com. And uh, through Twitter, obviously, hello to uh, Epa's Choice. It's at Epa's Choice. And also, hello to uh, at Dibble underscore John. We both said hello to me this week. If I missed anybody else, I'm sorry about that. There's quite a lot of people to contact. Um, next week, we're going to do uh, The Slayer, I think. Uh, so if you're interested in that, if you, wanna, if you have any opinions on that, please email them to me and I'll, I'll read them out so that you can, you know... It can be part of the show. <laughs> it's a bit corny. So, until then, take care, and I'll speak to you soon. Goodbye.
never seen a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. How, how can you judge on a video nasty? Oh, have you never seen one? I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film. 